This podcast is sponsored by Tell2App.com. Welcome to The Life of a Networker. On this podcast, we are featuring industry leaders from the network marketing profession to share with you the stories, inspiration, and leadership. Now, here is global business developer, leader in authentic sharing technology, your host, Mr. Mike Fedick. Hello and happy, uh, what do we got today? Wednesday. It is exciting here in the studio. We're honored, we're privileged to have another superstar uh, here with the life of a networker. The podcast is rocking and rolling. Uh, Thank you to my partner out there, Chris, who's on here with us and uh, organizing everything to make this podcast uh, possible. But uh, today we're in for a special treat. We're in with uh, a gentleman who I personally watched uh, really over the last uh, couple of years, although he's been around for for longer than that. But I got connected through uh, the last company and and marketing systems and software to that company. I watched him uh, and his team explode. And uh, now, though, he is on a journey uh, where they are beyond exploding. I mean, I'm watching him open in Costa Rica and different countries and traveling. But at the same time that he's doing that, he's having a blast. You can tell authentic people when you watch them, they're real, they're, they're sharing the truth. And so, uh, Travis Flaherty, welcome to the studio, my friend. Welcome to the life of a networker. Thanks for joining us. Mike, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on the show today. Awesome, man. Well, what everybody always wants to start with is, is where did it all begin for you? You know, what was the, the time frame that, that you got started? But most importantly, what I love to ask, especially for, for what we call legends and veterans now in the industry, what was the tool back then that got you into the industry or what was the process to bring you into this incredible uh, network marketing industry that we're involved in? That's a good question. You know, we used to own health clubs, uh, live in Arizona. We used to own a small chain of, of health clubs here. And so I think because I was in the fitness industry, anybody that started a network marketing business, somehow or another, my name made it on their list, right? Because I owned a gym. And so it, it was at least a weekly basis where people would come in and, you know, tell me they had been thinking about me or, you know, since high school, they wanted, you know, they, you know, all the, the, the different approaches, but um, we weren't very open to network marketing at that time. You know, I, I, I don't know why. I just had a lot of preconceived notions about the industry. Um, we sold that business and we moved to Utah. And I had no idea when we moved to Utah that it was like the mecca of network marketing when we moved there. You know, we moved into this neighborhood and it was funny because it didn't take long before we started getting all these invitations to go to people's home for dinner. <laughs> and I thought, man, everybody's so friendly here, you know? And uh, it was funny because after dinner, they'd pull out a whiteboard and start drawing bubbles on a board. And I'm just like, so, you know, the, those preconceived notions continued. But, you know, over time, living in Utah, you, you start to get exposed to it. And here's what I learned was the height of all stupidity is forming an opinion without knowing all the facts. And there were people that I respected that were part of this industry that were doing very, very well. And up to that point, even though I was an entrepreneur, I didn't really own my own time. You know, it seemed like anytime we wanted to open another gym, it required a tremendous amount of overhead, more employees, you know, payroll continued to grow. And so I was always intrigued by this idea of residual income. And I'm a big believer in developing what I call IPAs, income producing assets, multiple streams of income. And so finally, we decided to take a closer what we found was not at all what we perceived. What we found was a great way to be able to start something even in your part-time or spare time that would allow you to start growing an additional revenue stream. And 
so we got started 2005. You know, we were part of this company where we had, you know, in my upline, I had uh, a guy by the name of Eric Worre <laughs> before Eric Worre was Eric Worre, Randy Gage, Randy Schrader, all these legends that were part of this company. And so I like to think that I had or was surrounded by some really good mentorship early on. Um, I will say that for me, it took having someone that approached me that I had trust and respect for. Um, they had credibility equity with me. You know, I, I, they were credible in my eyes. And so if it was someone else that approached me about that same opportunity, I may not have been open. And I always, it's one of the first things I talk about with people is with credibility, you have solvency without it, you're bankrupt. And we all start at different levels, right? And we start in this industry with credibility. And so, so I think that's why I took a look. Um, Mike, I will say that I was a tourist at best when I first got started. I, I, I dabbled. I hoped to get lucky. You know, I didn't take it seriously. Kind of looked at it more of, I had more of a lottery mentality at that time. But we still made some extra income. And I kind of joke now and I say that it was my wife's shoe money because it was just, you know, our traditional business paid the bills, extra income coming in. Uh, but it wasn't until about 2008, 2009, when the economy came crashing down and we lost everything, like everything. It was, it was one of the most humbling experiences of my life. We lost our home, had a car repossessed, never been in this situation in my life. You know, been a successful entrepreneur for 10 years prior. There I was, four children living in Utah. Uh, at one point, you know, electric was shut off and couldn't afford to turn it on. And so my house is cold in the winter and we have our kids you know, we actually got sleeping bags and brought them all into our bedroom and pretended we were camping to have. So they thought we were having fun, but we literally could not pay our electric bill. And so we were just doing our best to keep them warm. And I share that because somebody's listening right now. And I know this, that, you know, sometimes we go through challenges in life to push us down a different path to exactly where we're supposed to be. And that adversity, I think, um, I think when your back is against the wall, it can become a spring, the best springboard to go and do something new. And that's when we made the decision that we were going to do this. If we were going to do it, we were going to do it. We were going to go all in. And uh, within a year, we replaced our income. And my quality of life started to change from that point forward. So that's kind of how we got into the industry. And as far as what tools we used back then, I mean, it was, we didn't have Facebook. You know, we didn't have social media. I remember summer coming home in late, maybe 2009 and She's like, there's this thing called the Facebook. We, you know, we, we should get on it. Great way to connect with people. So prior to that, it was tapes and CDs and you know, pass along tools, which I I kind of miss. If you want to, you know, I, I kind of miss the old days of, I mean, we've done it all. I've stood on street corners and when you know cars come up to stop signs, you know, CDs, you know, just giving them out. Hey, listen to this on your way to work. I mean, we've done it all. So, you know, I kind of miss those old days, but that's really where we started is home parties, um, corporate meetings you know, or, or hotel meetings. We did a lot of executive interviews back then where we'd travel from one city to the next. And, you know, we, we, I couldn't afford to stay in the nice hotels, but I would stay next door to them. And then I would go to the nice hotels and host my meetings in the lobbies of those hotels. And so, yeah, we've done it all. We've done it all. That's so awesome, man. And thank you for sharing that. And, and, you know, it is, it is so true in so many ways, you know, I, as much as uh, you know, because your organization uses a very high level technology called rapid funnel. And so we're all for that. We love it. And, 
And I think it's the best tool in the industry for sure. But man, the simplicity back with CDs and tapes was so great because somebody said, what do I do? And you'd hand them a bulk of 10 magazines. I remember when they were on that, when we, there were so many network marketing companies that were partnered with success from home. And, and so they would, they would order thousands of those magazines and everywhere you went, I was famous for leaving them on the gas station. Yeah. First. That was, man, some of my mentors said, did you do your exposures today? I was like, yeah, I did six. Great. Who are they? Oh, I left them on pump one through six, man. I left them right there. I mean, perfect for the next person to get them. So I do miss those days. And I remember a guy just not too long ago I connected with, and he was sharing a story of how him and his brothers got started. And they had flyers for their uh, Thursday night meeting at the Days Inn Hotel. And they took those flyers and they started um, nailing them to all the uh, the phone phone posts everywhere. And they would they would eat, literally one would get on his hands and knees and, and the brother would stand on his back and he'd be up there nailing it so higher so people couldn't rip it down. And, oh, we could go on and on with the good old day stories. And and it's just funny because, you know, I was talking to Larry Thompson, right? Legendary Larry Thompson and Taylor. And when Larry shares stories back from 30 and 40 years ago, I'm like, holy cow, that's how it was back then. Now here you and I are sharing stories about something that wasn't that long ago, but it shows where technology is going and how fast things are moving and kind of leads me right into my next question for you. Um, and not even really a question, but just share your uh, insight on how important it is it for these listeners right now that either one plugging into their team system, the calls, the things that the team is, is creating, and or if you feel a little left out and you don't feel like you have a team, your company probably has some sort of structure and system. How important has systems been for your growth in your career? Well, there's a saying that I'm fond of, without structure, there's chaos. And I think that when people first get started in the business, your job is to show that you can be a good follower, right? You know, leadership, leadership is one half leadership, one half followership. A lot of people don't understand that. You have to be able to prove that you can become a great follower before you can become a great leader. True. And I think some people miss the mark um, when they're first getting started into the business. I think that it's critical to plug into your team system, your team's community, um, the structure, the calls, the events, whatever it is that they have, the, the tools that they've created for you. Your job at that point is not to reinvent the wheel. Your job is to demonstrate how the wheel works and that you can that you can execute that playbook properly. And, um, and I think that the closer that you are to the system, to the community, to the tools, all of those things, I call it the campfire effect. The closer that you are to the fire, the hotter that you'll burn, right? And I, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, shine bright with belief and people will come from miles just to catch a glimpse. And what I mean by that is, is that, you know, we are in the business of contagious enthusiasm. And the more that you're around the right people, the right calls, the right, I mean, these little calls that sometimes seem, minute. I mean, I had one this morning, you know, I have a wait, uh, we call it our winning Wednesday morning call. And people that get on that call, I guarantee you, they left with a higher belief system than before they came. Um, they felt, you know, their, 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 their encouragement, they were encouraged, they were motivated, they were inspired when they left that call. And then there were those that didn't get on the call, right? And, and they're, you know, in this business, your belief is either growing or going backwards, you know that. And so, so for me, I think that it's, you have to take personal responsibility for your own mindset, your own development, your own internal fire, so to speak. And I think all of that comes back to plugging into the system that's tools in the community. Man, that's so, so critical. And, you know, again, some of the things you said, the, the campfire effect, I love that because uh, it is so true. I mean, think about some of you that are listening in when it's a, when it's a cold night or back in high school and we used to go out into the, the middle of the, the, the woods to party and hang out and it was freezing. 
and when you got around that bonfire, how much warmer you got. And, and, and the effect that not only was it warmer for your body, but then there was other people that were congreg congregating around that fire that you had good conversations with. And so <clears throat> same thing here in this business. So I appreciate you sharing that. And it is so true. Without structure, it is. It's chaos everywhere. And, and I love that. Let's talk a little bit about so many of us, uh, <clears throat> so many of us, I should say, so many listening uh, because I, I don't have the great fortune of, of having children, although uh, we have a, an orphanage in Guatemala and there's 100 kids there, but it's great because we go there and we play and then we get to leave and <laughs> come back home. So not as fair as you parents out there that have to deal with the children all the time. But on a positive note, how has it been or what are some things you could recommend for the listener who maybe one, their spouse isn't so supportive uh, or two, the spouse is supportive, but they've got two or three kids and it seems like the kids are always the excuse how do you work from home, build a business and raise kids all at the same time? I know it's a, it can be challenging, but I'm sure you've done very well with it, obviously, because you guys are rocking and rolling. Well, you know, Summer and I have six children, three boys, three girls. They range from 21 to four. You know, we're family first in everything that we do. Uh, it's part of our brand. It's, you know, we're, we lead with our values out front. I think that that has become kind of a magnet for us. It attracts like-minded individuals into our business. And so, We've used that and leveraged that, um, and, and that has become a big part of our story, right? I mean, from the early age stages, um, we were traveling, and you know, back then it was mostly by vehicle. We couldn't afford to get on a plane with everybody, but we would take the kids and throw them in a, in a in a car and go on road trips, and we would document those road trips and tell our story, you know, just just in a very authentic way. Authenticity is the, you know, the key to, to establishing trust, right? Trust drives revenue, and so we would use that whole part of, of, of the story in, in telling our story, I guess, if you will, but to get more dialed into your, to your question, I think that um, for us, we've used the business as a platform to educate our children about free enterprise, about going after your dreams, about never settling. And, and so, you know, I remember um, one time we went away on a weekend getaway and we came back and on a Sunday night, we had a really good weekend as far as volume goes. And I remember logging into the back office on Sunday. I called all the kids in after our Sunday dinner and I showed them, I said, listen, how, how much did work did I do on this weekend? And they said, oh, we were you know, gone all weekend. I says, okay, I want to show you this. And I showed them the amount of volume and then the, what that translated to an income. And they said, how, I don't even, how is that even possible? You weren't even working. And I said, that's the power of leveraged income. That's one example of just, thousands of, of stories of how we've used the business as a platform to educate our children. Spouses that are not supportive, it's tough. Um, in the beginning, you know, you have to show them what they're worth and, and what the business is worth. You know, I always say, you know, if somebody doesn't believe or somebody is doubting or somebody isn't supportive, show them the money. Go, you know, show them that you're serious. Show them that you're committed. Show them that you're, you're doing this for the betterment of their family, for the collective unit of, of everyone to improve that quality of life, but most importantly, show them that you're serious. I think a lot of times maybe spouses just doubt that, oh, you know, they're are they really going to take this serious? And so I think that you have to enlist them by really getting committed, really getting serious, showing them the money, showing them what's possible in the industry. We've also enlisted our children in like, like we'll say, look, you know, we're going to, we're launching this business. So we're getting ready to go on a run for 90 days. And so for the next 90 days, just know that mom and dad aren't going to be as available. We're going to be working on the weekends. Uh, in the evenings, we're going to be on a lot of calls. We're going to need you guys to pitch in and support and put some dinners together. Um, but here's the payoff. If we hit the goal and what we're looking to accomplish, then here's what we're going to do together as a family. And so we bring them into that goal. And we've even gone as far as to put like little 
you know, we're very big individuals. And so we'll put like poster boards up on the wall with the goal. And then we'll fill in as we go where we're at. And so they, you know, literally will come home from school and be like, how much volume do we do today? Where are we at? What do we need to do? And they've literally gotten to the point where they've become so vested that they will go to school and pitch our opportunity to their kids and get their kids to go and tell their parents because they feel like they're part of that goal. Man, that is so awesome, guys. If you're listening, I, I hope you really are taking notes. And if not, here's the great thing with the podcast. You can go back because Travis is dropping bombs here for you guys and, and bombs in a good way, right? You got to be careful that we're not in the airport. But I mean, literally, what he's saying is so true about, you know, go, your spouse isn't supportive. How easy is it to solve that? Go make some money. And I promise you, even if they don't get involved in the business, they're going to support you. In fact, some of them will probably tell you, hey, why aren't you going to those meetings? You know, hey, don't you have something this Saturday? And so it becomes a natural thing because, look, that's what it does. It, it, it shows that what you're doing is working and what you're doing, it can be something that could change the, the legacy of your family here. So that's awesome. And then with the kids, like how great is that? Including your kids in your 90 day run and the goals. And, and I know another young lady I, I had on here a while back and, um, and she was sharing that she was sharing the same thing that they had a company trip and they, and, the, and she said, Hey, look, I've got to go work hard. 90 days was the exact time frame, And, and so all the kids were doing the same thing you mentioned. They were like, mom, how are you doing? Is it going good? I can't wait to go to Cabo and, and all this stuff. And so uh, just so true, man. And I'm going to come back to this question, but I'll just tee you up so you know. Think of a couple of your favorite books that we can recommend to, to some of this, uh, this crowd here. But I want to talk about something that the audience loves, right? And, and what I love about this uh, podcast is, is, is that we are open here and we share just what you shared. At one point, you were so broke, you, didn't, you couldn't pay the electric bill. But I know today um, that's not the case. I know today, uh, if not, you're right there at, at a six-figure a month income earner and will continue to grow into probably a six-figure a week earner uh, with the momentum and the things you guys got going on. Tell us some things that when the money does start to come in, what are some of the things you've been able to do? Not so much just on a charity level, but that's awesome if you've done some stuff there, but some fun things you've been able to do with the kids and maybe some gifts for your wife. I know she's a big shoe gal like all of our wives out here, but what are some cool things that you've been able to do when the money really starts to come in? You know, what's interesting about money, at least this is my experience is, is I spent my you know, 20s and 30s working really, really hard. And I made good money at times, but as an entrepreneur, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. It's feast for famine, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, there's all these things that I wanted, whether it was the supercar, you know, all of these things. And what's really interesting is, is you get to the level where you can start to afford some of that stuff. And all of a sudden, now that I can afford it, I don't get as excited by it. It's kind of, I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I like nice things. You know, we have a, a nice home and, and to me, you know, our, my backyard is kind of like a resort and, it's, and I, we, you know, we spend a lot of time out there and I love grilling and cooking and we're the hosts for our whole family. Everybody comes to our home Sunday dinner. You know, I, you know, I don't need, I, for me, I don't necessarily need the supercar. I mean, I have a nice car, you know, of course, drive a Mercedes. My wife has an Escalade, those type of things. And, and it's nice, but you know, the things to me aren't as important as they used to be. And I think my, part of this is just maturing and getting older. For me, it's about experiences. I love to create amazing life experiences with the people that you love and care about most. Um, to me, wealth is when I am on my deathbed and I look back, it's having a treasure of memories of all of that I did with my children. You know, I didn't, you know, I had wonderful parents. They provided, you know, great for us. I mean, wonderfully for us. And, 
but they just work real big into experiences or, or do, doing those type of things. And so for me, we do a lot of vacations. We travel a lot. I mean, I, you know, everyone, a lot of people slowed down the last year. We did, and we, we sped up with travels. So, you know, I, I, um, you know, we went on, uh, in, in December, we went to, for Christmas, I rented a, a house for the keys and, and I rented a 35 foot boat, yes, a fishing boat that I parked right outside the back. And every morning we would wake up and literally we'd go down and I'd turn on my Garmin and we'd decide where we wanted to go in the ocean and drive an hour to this key or this key or, and it was amazing. And we spent a week there. I took all six kids, even my daughter-in-law flew them all there. We spent the week together to me, that's priceless. Um, I just got back from, I launched recently, we launched Costa Rica. So I always mix business with pleasure. Um, you know, whenever I go somewhere, I usually try to stay a few days extra. And so we went to, to some events in Costa Rica, or I did. And then two days later, my whole family, my wife and all my kids, daughter-in-law met me. Uh, I flew about three hours uh, to, to another location in Costa Rica. And we all went to a place called Fly Meat, uh, Fly Up. Playa Flamingo, one of the most beautiful beaches in the world, had a house right on the beach. We spent another week there. And um, 4th of July, we're getting ready to go to Hawaii for a week. You know, we're, I'm going to do an event while I'm there, but the rest of the time is just going to be playing with family. So for me, a lot of people invest in different things. Quite frankly, for me, I just invest in my family. Like that is where I spend the most amount of money. I'm almost to the extreme on it, where some other people might be with watches or jewelry. For me, I just know how short life is gotten to that age, that weird age where I've had people that I know that I care about, that were friends that have passed away from weird things. And I just know how short of time we have on earth and I'm the happiest when I'm with my family. So to me, that's where I invest most of my wealth. Man, I got the goosebumps a couple of times and I'll tell you why is, is starting off where I was the same as you. And you know, I got involved in the industry when I was 18 years old, I was still in high school and man, all I cared about was the Rolls Royce Phantom and Brian Carruthers' Ferrari and, and all this great stuff. And that's, I mean, I, I was to where I was, it was gross. Cause I was, I thought, I mean, now that I look back at it, I'm like, what, what did you care so much about that stupid stuff for? Right. And it was, it was the image, right. It was, I, I wanted, I wanted to be the guy I want, you know, network marketing worked. I wanted to show my town that you guys were wrong. You know, I'll show you pyramid scheme. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be the big guy here. And as I've gotten older here now, I just turned 36, but it really was moving to Mexico. I moved to Mexico about three years ago and my whole life changed. My whole perception of everything changed because exactly what you said, I started to realize that those things, I don't even, I could care less about a Rolls Royce. I would do what you said is go rent that house with that boat and the family time and, and spend the money there. Cause you could do that like you know, 10 times for the price of a Rolls Royce, you know, and those 10 times that you would create those memories for your family, man, you can't put a price tag on that. So uh, I'm the same way, man. I love experiences. I love to travel. Uh, people always, you know, when they travel with me there, uh, I always look for, yeah, I want the VIP seats, right? So that there's where money is good because I don't want to wait in line. That's all time is time is precious. So I'm like, Hey, two hour wait or hundred dollars more ticket. I can go in the front row and skip everybody. So that's it, man. It's creating those experiences. And listen, if you're listening in and you're young here and you got goals of the Mercedes in the car, go for it. There's nothing wrong with it. But as Travis said, as you get a little older, you start to realize that, okay, those things are cool. If you want them, go get them. Right. But they don't mean anything to you. They don't mean what the family time does. And so just in wrapping up here, man, it's been one of the best interviews. We are so grateful to have you. And, and thanks to our sponsors, the tell2app.com. And uh, Chris, appreciate you always getting out 
out there and booking the best of the best for our, our podcast here with the life of a networker. But just in closing, um, share a couple books um, that you recommend for some of the listeners who may not have listened. And for those that have, maybe it's a chance to read it again, because when you read it again, it's a different book than you read it the first time if you're growing and changing. But also uh, a last message towards the end here, just giving our listeners uh, maybe something that, that you want to leave them with. And uh, we appreciate you dearly, Travis. So over to you to close us out. Yeah, you bet. I think that the first book um, that really made an impact for me from a leadership development standpoint was 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. I had read, you know, of course, Think and Grow Rich is the Bible, and I'm sure everybody, you know, that's at the top of my list. And, and if you haven't read it, you know, amazing. Richest Man in Babylon, amazing, right? These are all classics and things that everyone should read. Um, when I read 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, for some reason for me, that book connected in a, in a way that it was, it was like it kicked off for me that constant pursuit of leadership, right? I don't think that we ever truly arrive. It's always a constant pursuit, and we're always looking and learning and growing and all of those things. And so that was, you know, John Maxwell, he was first coming onto the scene at that point and, and that made a big impact. So for me, if you're looking at leadership development, John Maxwell is a great place to start. From there, I went into Today Matters and 17 Laws of Teamwork. And so he's got a lot of great stuff. Um, there's a book that has had a huge impact on my life, a book by the, uh, Andy Andrews wrote a book called The Traveler's Gift. And it's not one of your everyday, probably top five that everyone will say, but it literally changed my life. In fact, um, our sixth child, his name is Legend, and he is a result of both my wife and I reading that book. You know, we read, a, we read the book. I read a particular chapter in the book. And I got to tell you, after I read that chapter, I just felt this overwhelming sense that we had one more spirit up there waiting for us to be parents. And I didn't tell Summer that. And I had her read. The, in fact, I read her the chapter. We were laying in bed one night and I just said, I want to read you this chapter. And I read it out loud to her. And when we were done, she just looked at me and she got tears in her eyes. And she says, I think we're supposed to have another kid. And I didn't tell her that that's what I was thinking. And it doesn't say anything about that in the chapter. It, that book is meaningful to anyone that I know that I've ever given it to. So that would be what I would recommend as far as book-wise. As far as just advice, a um, couple of things. Number one, to the beginners, you got to dream bigger, faster. It's the best advice that I could give you. You've got to dream bigger, faster. You've got what, what you think is possible, multiply that times 10. And, you know, you've all heard the term success, love, speed. But, you know, I wish that I didn't dabble for three or four years. I wish that I would have understood the value of what was in my hands earlier on and truly what is possible in this industry. And it took me many years of dabbling and sticking my toe in the water and trying to get lucky before I finally started realizing and seeing the value of this industry. So dream bigger, faster. And I would say that the best advice that I could give you is this industry is not about the money. Um, I came into it because I wanted to make money. Every, most, a lot of people come into it because they want to make money. Some people because of the products, but a lot of people because of the opportunity and the money. It's not about the money. It's about who you become in the process and who you help along the way. The money is a byproduct of those two things. People don't understand that. It's who you become in the process and who you help along the way. The money is a byproduct of those two things. Man, that's so awesome. And again, thank you, my friend, so much. And, and also a shout out to your wife, Summer, who's a rock star. And I know uh, without a doubt, uh, without her, you would not even be on this podcast and having the success you have. So 
Uh, shout out to you, Summer. Appreciate you, Travis and Summer. Congratulations on your success, uh, all your success. But more importantly, uh, we look forward to having you on, uh, let's say, maybe at the end of the year when you guys have doubled, tripled, and probably 10 x your business again to share some more wisdom and um, you know what it's like to, uh, to spend uh, 100 grand a week on some of those vacations and travel experiences that you'll take your family on. So thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to The Life of a Networker. We really hope you have gotten some inspiration or value from listening to our show. For more info or to reach out, visit us at thelifeofanetworker.com. This podcast is sponsored by the Tell2 app, powered by RapidFunnel. It's not just another app. It's an entirely new technology category. The Tell2 app gives you a genuine way to build real relationships with your customers and get quality referrals with less work from you. Go to tell2app.com and build your brand, your way, and tell your story better.